this computer. All right. Well, hey, guys, we want to welcome everybody to the Christian Gamers of Destiny. Uh, Eric, do we want to call this Christian Gamers of Destiny Exodus podcast or just Christian Gamers of Destiny podcast? Uh, Christian Gamers of Destiny podcast or Night Watch podcast. Or Night Watch podcast. I like the Night Watch podcast because we're definitely doing this at night. But uh, I'm Danny. <laughs> uh, I go by PSN OmniLink Strife. I am former member of Sea God Exodus, now member of Unified Front. Boo. Left the clan to get a triumph done. Sold you out, Eric. And, uh, we've got Mr. Still Thinking, Robert with us. And we've got Eric Darth Taylor 252 joined the dark side here recently. I did. Darth was Mr. Taylor. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to have a brief discussion about what is Christian Gamers of Destiny and what we represent in the Destiny community. Then we are going to discuss uh, content of Destiny. We're going to talk about what we're all chasing in Destiny 2. We're going to look at what we like, what we dislike about Seasons of Arrivals. I mean, this is a Bungie game. We got to hate on Bungie a little bit, but we're also going to brag on them too. And then we're going to get into what we're looking forward to in Beyond Light uh, coming up in the fall. And, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've really enjoyed the pushback. It's a, a, of the content release date. It's really a, you know, enabled me to chase stuff that normally I wouldn't be chasing uh, in a three-month season. And then we're going to look at destiny strategy. What are some good roles to chase? Uh, what are some good things to get before the end of the season? So, Eric, I'm going to open this up to you because you know the history of Christian gamers more so than I do. Right. You've been with them and your admin and Sea Guide Exodus. So, tell us, tell our group here and those that are watching a little bit about what Christian gamers of destiny is and what we are, what we are. All right, so yeah, Eric Taylor, formerly known as Mr. Taylor 252. I changed my name, you know, because I just love everything he is about the dark side. Uh, so, I mean, I love Jesus, but uh, of course, the gaming, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all villain. I'm all villain. Uh, but the history, I joined the clan, God, maybe two years ago, maybe even three years ago. Um, at that time, it was just, from my understanding, it was just, uh, the OG Sea Guard. It was the Exodus wasn't formed yet. Uh, I came in during the beginning of Exodus. I was part of that um, that new wave that I guess the people that was trying to get into OC Guard. It was filled up, so they decided to create Exodus, and that's how that was formed. Um, joined this clan, came up with. They found out where it was Night Watch. You know, it was a great opportunity for me. I mean, as, as far as for pretty sure everyone else. Uh, just got tired of the, oh man, the the constant toxic conversations and chat and, you know, the just and the language is, is awful. And if you're not top notch, dude, they let you know there was no patience to be dealt with at all. Like you had to be good. So, um, but this claim I saw there, they was patient. Um, you know, there was willing to work out with people that, who wasn't at top notch. It was, you know, constant you know, raid after raid after raid, trying to get it right. Um, and that really just um, intrigued me. Uh, so since then, we grew from Exodus to uh, to Trinity. Um, Trinity was doing good, but then we decided, you know, wasn't too many active people going on, so we decided to merge the two back together, back to just Sea God and uh, Exodus. Now there are, I know with Nightwatch, we have uh, multiple clans within Nightwatch, they're all Christian clans. Uh, we've got Redeemed, Clan Redeemed, uh, Red Letter Gaming, 
think it's United Front. They sit involved. I see a couple of them at Night Watch as well. It's a lot of sister, sister clans that are involved with it. Um, so, you know, it's just an exciting time to be a part of this clan. I mean, I met some great people that I can call family, that I can call brothers, I can call sisters. Uh, I'm actually pretty close to a lot of the people in this clan that I am in, you know, my actual, like, day to day in and day in life. And my, you know, it's to the point where my even my wife, when I tell her, hey, I'm about to gang with my, you know, my people, you know, there's there's no kickback because she understands that, you know, we have that that brotherhood, that camaraderie, you know, that hey, she she just knows that I need it. And so uh I came to know these guys, these especially these two here, uh very personally. Um, so it goes beyond the gaming, you know, we share you know, personal stuff, stuff that, you know, we can all pray about, about our personal lives. So it's, it's, it's beyond gaming to me. You know, it's, you know, gaming had just become second tier now. Because at first it was all about gaming. You know, it was just one of somebody that was good that can raid with. So, and we had that. Then it went past that to, hey, shoot, you know, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Now we actually have, like, personal stuff that we have together which I enjoy and which I love. Uh, so that's pretty much where we are with, you know, the clan. I'll echo that. You know, that's me and my brother come from, a, a, of course, he's Dark Knight 04. He's in our, our clan as well. And, you know, we come from a, a non-Christian gaming group and it's you know, a lot of toxicity, a lot of, uh, you know, minimizing our beliefs. Uh, the, the language is always a concern. And now that I've got kids, you know, I don't want that stuff set over a mic that's, you know, vulgar, that's on the screen. You know, I've heard things, you know, people shouting with their spouse, having just ungodly conversations. And, and you know, that you don't want that in your home. That's one thing we try to surround ourselves with good fellowship and positive and encouraging, um, you know, environment. And that's one thing I love about gaming with this group is it is that. It's family friendly. It's fun. I mean, yeah, if you want to get some things done, you might have to seek out more hardcore guys and gals in the clan. I mean, that's just the nature of this game and chasing some things. But at the end of the day, if you want to hop on and have fun, you know, there's no, like you said, there's no pushback from the spouse. It's, oh, that's nice. You know, the, especially the fact that we pray for each other. I mean, right. there's been so many times I've posted in chat or asked on microphone, you know, in party chat hey guys you know something really important's happening in our lives and you know will you pray for us and i know you guys do and and uh, i see the positive impact of that and it's uh it's good you know the bible tells us to surround ourselves with positive influences and to abstain from evil and you know, you know people may say well you're wasting your time playing a game you need to be reading the bible but yeah well, that's true <laughs> at the same time you know we're 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 spending time together uh doing something we all enjoy and it's a positive I really appreciate that. Yeah, my uh, my first experience with the clan was actually, um, oh man, it's been a while. It was uh, actually Eric. Um, there you go. Don't yeah. Be <laughs> he wasn't the first clan member I met, but uh, he was the first, uh, he was like the second, and he was definitely the one that uh, helped me through the whisper mission. For the first time we went in oh, there yes admit that in front of everyone please <laughs> i remember going in there and i was like and then i started playing i was like man he ain't too good at jumping no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> hey do you want me to play the clip of you dying? you better not you hey, i'll better play not. it i'll play it i got it on his computer <laughs> 
No, but you know what? You know we uh we had a good time, and you know what? Uh, we ended up fighting through it, and uh, that was rough there. But I remember, uh, you know, I just he was just you know really chill, and, and we had a good time. Before we knew, we had a good camaraderie going, joking around, and you know giving each other hard times and stuff. And but you know in a loving way, you know like a you know bitter like you know uh, oh man this guy's dragging me down kind of way. It's like you know it's like you know. You, like in a brotherly way, you know, you know, if someone's falling behind or, you know, they're making mistakes, you know, you're working as a team, you know, you're there as friends and, and, you know, brothers in Christ. And so, you know, you're trying to work with each other, you know? And so, um, I was really blessed by that. I was really blessed. I'm like, you know, these are guys, you know, that I want to hang with, you know, it wasn't, I mean, we weren't always like, you know, top tier, you know, I wasn't getting taken to the lighthouse every time. And that wasn't really the point, you know, it was like brotherly. It wasn't like uh, speaking speaking of somebody coming in. <laughs> it wasn't like um, it was like just like you said, your know, camaraderie. You know, it was like that was more important than trying to get that next pinnacle weapon, that next thing. I mean, you know, you want those things too, and you're like, oh, okay, come on, can I, who can I touch base with here and make this happen? <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. a shooter after all. You don't want to say salute, but at least you can have fun getting it. Yeah, you know, and sometimes you just join the chat and you got, you know, people to chat with and they're, they might be working on something totally different, but, you know, you can visit and talk about what's happening in your life and, and share and ask for prayer. And um, sometimes you see them on Facebook and you're like, dang, look at that. What are they doing? Looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. occasionally you see that post, somebody beating the raid for the first time and getting getting help from the rest of the group. That's always yeah. Good. Well, I guess we'll dive off into our agenda after we've kind of got our introductions out of the way. So what are you guys currently working on in Destiny at the moment? I know, I know we've got a little extra time to work on things that uh, normally we don't with this season. Normally we've already would have new content drop and would be uh, drinking from the well of new uh, Destiny 2 material. Right. At first, uh, Jarrett wants a shout out. He wants you to give him a shout out. Who wants a shout out? Jared. Pull, if you pull American up. Jared. <laughs> yes. The baby eater. And for those of you that don't know, it's because he posted a Facebook picture of him grilling his young child on the new grill he got. Though the baby was unharmed, the picture <laughs> rather uh rather funny uh when you see it. But Jared, Jared's a big help. There's a lot of folks in our clans uh that are big help, and Jared's always a hoot to have. Uh, in conversation. Yeah, he's uh, grilled some really good looking stuff on that grill. He's like tempting me all day. I'm like, yeah. man, what's he going on there? So what are you uh what are you chasing, Robert, in D two right now or, or when you play Destiny? What are you You know, to be honest, I, I have uh I am a pragmatist by heart, by nature. Um if it's not a tool that I can use to blow something up or get ahead in a raid, I mean, you know, I was going that's chasing anarchy and things like that. Um, but uh, I'm just not a title guy, man. I'm just not that dude that, that throws up the titles like uh, <clears throat> Danny here. Um, sure. but, uh, okay. Okay. All right. Let me change it. I'll change it. It's all good, but thank <laughs> brother. I have no problem with that. I will put on something a little, a little easier to obtain. How about that? No, no, no. It's nothing to do with you. 
but you know what I'm saying is, you know, it's just it's just not my thing, you know. But I, you know, that's all good. So basically, I'm kind of on cruise control right now. Actually, you know, I'm like, I got my season pass done. I got the, uh, although I do need to still get that dead gum. Uh, what is that SMG from? This Raba. Taraba, there it is. Ah, Taraba. Uh, Taraba, I'm like. Ground sorrows. Yeah, before it goes away. And I'm kind of like, the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to throw that in so I can get that, you know, from the, uh, what's that Ingram you can buy now or get from. Uh, the exotic cipher? Yeah, the exotic yeah, cipher. I doubt it. I doubt it. And the reason why I say that is, you know, if you're going to vault content and you bring it back, you have to have a reason for these folks to, to want to play it. So you kind of keep that hook a little bit in the gamers by not giving it to them. You know, the only thing they may add back into the loop pool would be exotic catalyst because they've mentioned about pulling the catalyst out of the old raids. And yeah. Gone. If I could just, you know, get it like the second time like Danny did. What, are you talking yeah. about uh, Taraba? <laughs> yeah. 20th clear. What's 20th? that? 20th clear, I got to Rob. Oh, you got a 20th. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got mine on the 8th. Yep. It was uh, uh, second clear for Anarchy, 20th for Taraba, and 30, 31 on 1,000 voices. Okay. So, yeah. No, Taraba's not Mantezi or John on 92 clears for Anarchy. He's got the uh, trophy there. He's not here, so I can complain. <laughs> yep. That's true. So, but you're more, you've always been about gear. You've always been more about builds, and that's why I'm glad that you've joined us. Because when we get to that point at the end of the conversation, you know, we'll talk about builds and mods, and and I can remember when we were doing grandmasters and chasing the conqueror title. Uh, me, you, and Matt, you were really good with coming up with warmind builds. You know, that was one of the things that was important to you know stunning the champions because at that time we had an artifact that had a lot of thunder elements or arc elements and you ran your arc strider you know I, I i picked on you a lot i'm like man if you would just go bottom tree night stalker and go in biz and get the res we would beat this thing oh no guys I'm, i've got a thunder call i'm gonna get my gonna get my huge melee in and get my grenade back super quick so but you know they, they all have their place but you're a gear guy i mean you've always yeah been for if it's utility you go for it if it doesn't provide utility you're you're out yeah, you know, that, and that's honestly why, I mean, I like to look decent, and, you know, I like to throw on, uh, uh, what is it, uh, and then I'm always forgetting the names of stuff. Um, uh, the things that change the color of your gear permanently, you just put them on. What do you call those? The, um, no, um, ornaments, there you go. I really like the because I can just throw them on and I don't have to be having all the special looking gear and going through all that trouble and stuff. So like this last time with the, uh, yes. solstice. Yeah. the solstice of hero, that was the first time I never did. And honestly, I've always done it for all characters and everything. And I was like, but I become a little bit jaded, I think in a sense. And that's probably one of the issues I had this time. I was like, how long is that really going to last and be good? You know? And I think that's kind of, kind of the thing that's hit me every time with this with the um that particular uh activity is it always had it right before a big update and then it inevitably was like you remember last time it was instantly replaced you know it was like 
kind of have the lowest stats and I mean it's good looking gear but good looking gear doesn't drive you you know what I mean so I that's my what drove me to chase it this time was that right there on the screen it's an ornament now so when yeah. you complete the full set you have the ornament you can make anything for the whole year look like that but you know you know and and uh Joey makes a good point in chat that you know it was a good way to farm armor rolls you know, to me, farming armor, roll, armor rolls has been running the old raids. I've got a lot of, you know, great hunt gear on this character. He's been running Last Wish a lot to get that 1360 armor. Uh, but, at the, you know, we're going to get new content. We're going to get new stuff. Right. So I don't know how much of that I'll be wearing in the new season. What about you, Eric? What have you been after? I still haven't gotten Traveler's Chosen yet, if you can believe that. <gasps> yeah. So... I'm still working on that. I mean, you're you the looks. You're more about the looks. That's all I care about is the looks. Too. You know, if 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 I don't look good, but I'm you know being fantastic, then what's the point? No. <laughs> it's all about the look. I mean, the or- I, I mean, I like the ornaments. I I I do, but I think if I can find a piece of gear that's good with that looks good without. You know, putting on or changing the army, I'd rather rock that than mm-hmm. you know to constantly change. I just like the different look um, of it. I, I like the original look, but sometimes, man, that that original look just just doesn't suit it just right. But um, yeah, that's I was pretty. I pretty much got everything else I want um, for as this season goes. Just getting that traveler's chosen thing done. So. Yeah, I, I unfortunately don't get me wrong. I, I like loot. I mean, that's I mean, that's the reason why you play the game, right? It's for gear. Uh, I'm at the end of the day. I don't care about the fashion. I'm gonna throw. I have a set of ornaments that I like. Now it's this one. It's this set right here, the solstice. I'm gonna throw that on whatever I'm running. I want you know high stats and the certain you know we want good mobility. We want good recovery especially for PvP, but if we're running Grandmaster Nightfalls, it's more about can I be tankier? Can I get my grenade back quick? What are my mods? You know, honest, all, all jokes aside, for Grandmaster and Master Nightmare uh, Nightfalls, it's it's about the mods. It's about having your barriers and your resists mods and getting that um, more survivability, uh, you know, using the, using the Warmind mods in order to, you know, give those debuffs and buffs against the characters. But I, I honestly am, am big on the titles because I play so much that, you know, that's what's left. I mean, I, I tell people yeah. I have an addiction to purple font uh, because <laughs> it's what I go for. But, you know, it's a little bit of a prestige thing. You know, I guess that's just in my mind. You know, when people see you, they what, what does he have? Because I've been in raids before, and, you know, you may not have a lot of clears, but you throw on a title. Like, hey, this guy's got, you know, Harbinger. Man, he, he's soloed uh, – a dungeon he went flawless through it he's done master nightfall nightmare hunts you know it kind of takes that um you got to prove yourself out of an lfg group at least that's been my experience right and in pvp i know even for me in pvp if i'm going up against a flawless and unbroken it it unnerves me a little bit at first i kind of have to double check myself i'm like oh, we're gonna lose this this guy's got that title you know i'm not gonna i really you know i, I yeah. know i'm gonna so, but that's what's left after you get all the gear, get the raid exotics, you know, there's not much else to do other than chase God rolls and go for the titles. Um, but 
I've done, I've chased them ever since they they released them. I remember when uh, it first came out and everybody had dredging. I can remember going in my first last Swiss raid with some old clan mates and I saw the dredging title. I was like, what is that? You know, what's that beneath your name? Oh, we have titles now. Like, well, how do you get that? And look it up. And you're like, I'll never do that. And then at the end of the season or the end of the content drop, what else you got to chase? Yeah. It don't take long to get it. Now, the one I'm probably most proud of, and I know you got it, Eric, is Reckoner. That, <laughs> you know, really wasn't that bad. But it was it was actually fun to get Reckoner. I actually enjoyed that chase. Right. Um, let's see. Where is Reckoner? Which one is it? Crap. That, that blacksmith looks there nice. There it is. Yes, sir. That was this season chasing that. Got to work on something, man. There ain't nothing else to do. <laughs> See, this is my thing about. That might, yeah, that might be a good uh, segue into uh, the issues of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because my thing about the seals is, um, it would be fantastic if they like help or had like a certain perk to them. Like, say, for instance, Reckoner. Like when you actually went into record or record seal, you get, you know, a certain amount of buff or, you know, you get this kind of perk or you get this extra glimmer when you run record because you have that seal. Or if you have like the shadow seal, if you did crown of sorrows, like you get like a certain thing pertaining to just that seal. Uh, I think that will cause more people to go after them. But again, if you're bored, you know, you're not going to do it. But if someone like, like Robert, if you add that extra uh, little goody to it, someone like him is going to go after a seal because they're going to want that extra perk. That would hard to resist. They'd be like, oh, man, dad gummit. And, you know, honestly, that's – I'm like a path to least resistance kind of guy. Like, you know, I look at the season, I look what's there, and, and part of the fun for me is, okay, how can I unlock all these different, you know, um, uh, what do you call Umbral Ingrams, you know, and it's like – how can I get the weapons I want? And, and, um, so, you know, what was it a season ago or two seasons ago, that whole investment thing where you throw your stuff back in there, I can remember getting, uh, over 7,000 engrams out of that thing. It was like, <laughs> that was just nuts for me, you know, but it was like, it was like this big investment, you know, I'm going to do this I'm gonna strategize here. And, uh, you know, I don't think that necessarily ended up being that much fun honestly, but, um, you know, at least having the experience, you know, look back. Um, but I guess going off on a tangent there, I agree with, I agree with you, Eric. I think if they had like, even if it was small, like, you know, like one, 2% or, or something, you know, a couple, obviously they couldn't go crazy with that. Otherwise, you know, the guys that played the most definitely have the biggest advantage, um, yeah, that's true. Stay away from, but, uh, I think that was a tough thing about me for me this season is that um, it, it did seem like, you know, they, they were working to try and get you back through that older content. And I, and I just think it's been a while, you know, I mean, we're, we're on the tail end of, of the year, you know, it's pretty normal to have played through all the content a lot. And that's probably just the reality of the situation, you know? Well, the one thing I've liked about this season, maybe more so than, season of the unworthy one thing one thing i will give bungie since season of the dawn when they introduced the um the sundial is mm -hmm. they give you a lot of reason a lot of ways to get weapons to farm mm -hmm. easily for rolls because you know prior yeah. to this if you wanted rolls it was you know an ingram drop 
or create, you know, finishing a pinnacle, something like that. It's just kind of felt monotonous. I mean, you come over here to the prismatic recaster here, and I've got a few umbral ingrams, and we'll, you know, we'll look at some of these things. But I mean, I can pick any armor I want. I can pick the armor focusing, which, and be honest with you, that may be something I need to do before the end of the season, start trying to really focus something for a build. Uh, and we can really farm for some really, really good weapons and then be 1360 unless they are, you know, Season of the Dawn, it's 1260. If they are Season of the Worthy, they're 1310. But, you know, a lot of us have been chasing a really good uh, – uh, Temptation Hook Sword, you know, people want a, a Vorpal weapon with Relentless Strike on that. Uh, the the Falling Guillotine, and that's been, that thing I, is awesome. I'd go for Whirlwind Blade myself, but. Well, I agree with the, with the, uh, with the Falling Guillotine, that's for sure the case. Yeah. That Whirlwind and Relentless Strikes, because you're not doing that, the long distance attack. And the Pulse Rifle, the Cold Denial, you know, looking for that stability roll, a Zen moment, you know, Head Seeker is, a, is the default, and that's a good one. Although I hear that um, – I've heard really good things about uh, – on that one, um, Killing Wind is actually – Killing Wind is, is a good perk. Um, I think the one thing I've liked about this season is it really has changed up the meta because they made swords really good. They gave us two really yeah. good legendary swords. And if you think about it, you know, the the combination forever was Recluse as your primary and your secondary mm -hmm. slot, Mountaintop in your special slot, your kinetic, and then throw on Anarchy and just, you know, slay away in a content. Yep. And that's still the case for, you know, like your Grandmaster Nightfalls and some of them. But mm -hmm. now, with Swords being so prevalent, I, I actually like running Wither Horde, Fallen Guillotine, and maybe Summoner Gnawing Hunger because it just kind of shakes it up. I do like the fact that they reset the meta, it seems like every season. You know, they'll buff something, take it away, it just kind of keeps it fresh. I do agree. I think the, um, I think in general, um, since the beginning of the year, I think it is, uh, since the new, you know, strategy for Destiny, they've slowed down the exotics a fair bit uh, as far as weapons. But I will say that, um, yeah, Wither Horde, uh, was really an outside the box exotic. I really like exotics that kind of break the mold and, and are really unique. Um, and um, what was the name of the other one? That other exotic, I forget the name of it. Ruinous Effigy. And that was. Effigy. That's another that's just outside the mold, you know, totally unique. Um, that changes your gameplay. I mean, you, you yeah. take. Because here's the thing when you think about a special weapon, most of us want a special weapon that hits hard and eliminates the need for a primary. I mean, if you think about it, you run mountaintop, how often do you truly use your primary? You're blowing everything up with a mountaintop. Yep, doing it right now. When you run a shotgun, you know, you want to run scavenger perks and things that keep that thing loaded and running. You know, and when you're running Izanagi, I mean, that's what's taking out your majors and your bosses. Uh, your primaries, since they've nerfed them, they just, they're not a workhorse gun like they used to be. So you really rely more on your heavy and your, your special weapon, but with ruinous effigy, you're not going to do that with a trace rifle. I mean, you, you can't yeah. hold that weapon down on somebody, but now when you convert that enemy into a uh, what is it, trans, was it transmod orb, whatever it's called, you pick that purple orb up and you go slam it on somebody, and it's it's awesome. I mean, we used it, we used it a couple weeks ago in uh, Shiro Chi, 
and we were kind of handicapping ourselves by running as Void Titans for a triumph I was needing to get. And uh, we was just doing the hold down the R2, I believe, where you do the purple sphere mm -hmm. around you to debuff enemies. Everything was just dying. <laughs> I mean, you had six guardians running around with these force fields around them. Everything's just blowing up. So it's a really neat exotic, and uh, you know it debuffs enemies. Uh, the, you know the exotic catalyst is not that great. You know, <laughs> enemy that's been hit with that does more damage by the ruinous effigies you hold it on them. When they, eh, really cares about that. Yeah, but, but I'll give them credit there. Like you said, uh, Wither Horde and ruinous effigy are very unique, very outside the box thinking exotics. And to me, they've really opened up a lot of uh, combinations of different uh, guns. Uh, it shakes it up. I like that. I like to change. Yeah. I get tired of running the same thing over and over. And yeah, I mean, I think if you if you think back to, uh, especially Withering Horde, and like you said, Guillotine, um, having a good uh, legendary uh, in the heavy slot is has been tough to do for last season especially so once they nerfed the um the grenade launchers it was like well i guess i gotta do uh anarchy or like you said you know something like that um some exotics that kind of eliminates all your exotics in your other slots but um yeah so I, I like that i mean i think if you think back too to the exotics in the previous season um they weren't very memorable other than um Ariana's Vow, which which I think ended up being just due to Champions alone, kind of really carrying its own. Um, it, it definitely has its place. You know, it can actually be good in PvP. So let's let's look at the exotics from each season. You had Ariana's Vow, yeah. which I had to rank that. That is a very good weapon. You know, if you had an exotic cipher, if you if you haven't used it, go buy Ariana's Vow. That's the first one out of that group. It has the most utility, gives you a long distance range, it hits hard. Once you get the exotic catalyst for it, which now would be an, an absolute grind. It is. I did that. It, it was. It, it's amazing. I mean, you, you get nine rounds in the chamber. It is automatic loading holster. It really changes <clears throat> yeah. the gun into something else. Then after that, we had the, uh, let's see, Bastion wasn't the one. It was Symmetry. Symmetry, yeah. That one's easy to forget. You know, it's good in Gambit, but that's about it. Yeah. It, um, it really shines in Gambit because of it, once you get the buff going and you kind of turn on that auto homing a little bit on the uh, on the rounds, it's really strong. Because I've it's, been in Gambit before and get killed, and I had like, what hit me? Symmetry. That's that's yeah, what. I mean, me. I mean, I think it's good. I I don't know. I think it's kind of forgettable myself, but yes. That's, that's, you know, I mean, I, I would almost always run. I have a really hard time picking it. Um, I mean, it was it's decent, but it does have exploding rounds once you get the homing and the power damage boosted, but it's just so hard to, especially with pulse rifle. I mean, the uh, scout rifles where they're at, I don't know. I, it's pretty low on my list. Well, exotic primaries are very difficult to choose because with the exception of swords being so good, now you leave a lot of DPS on the table. You know, if you think about any raid encounter or any in-game level content, when it comes to outputting a lot of damage, usually it's an exotic heavy, Xenophage, Whisper, yeah. uh, 1,000 Voices, Anarchy. Those are all heavies. And Or you do Izanagi, and that's a special. 
it's very tough to say, I'm going to choose Outbreak. Or I'm going to use, uh, you know, if Travelers chose or whatever it is, it's really hard to make that justification. I'm uh, a lion rampant sometimes, uh, sometimes wins the day. Lions rampant? Oh, uh, yeah. That's gear. That's yeah. what? That's gear. gear. That's not weapons. No, no, not lion rampant. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, Fighting lion. <clears throat> Fighting lion. Yeah, there you go. Fighting lions sometimes just uh, that that will blow your mind if you get really good at it. It is phenomenal, and especially if you put pair it with uh, something like uh, mountaintop because it auto loads itself. You can uh, you can really go crazy with something like that. So, what was the exotic after that season of the worthy? Which one came from that? But you are right. I know very few, very few that hold their own. You remember the exotic that came from the season pass? Uh, yeah, the uh, well, I mean, an exotic that came. I don't remember what exactly came last season. It was part of uh, Devil's Devil's Ruin. That was a quest. That was a quest. Yeah. Quest Dawn. Um, let me see if I can look through and find it. Uh, I'm wanting to think. Let's see. What was it? Symmetry. Tommy's matchbook. Tommy's matchbook, yeah. yeah. That one was wasn't too bad. It's it's still decent. It's a it's a very it it's a high risk, high reward type weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one I think rewards having a high recovery build. Uh, All right. And you can you can melt with that, but you're right. I mean, it, it's still a hard choice. It's one of those things where it's like if I got oh, a bounce that needs um uh. He's both solar and an auto rifle. I might just pull it out of collections and just know a lot of stuff. All right, so just recap the way we can get through this question is what we've yeah. liked about the season. We have liked the weapon. <laughs> we've liked the ability to get gear very easily through the recaster. Uh, yeah. I have I have liked the ramping up of the story. Uh, now, I can tell you something I don't like. That's this right here. I can exit out of this menu, go back in. This has been the absolute most annoying thing to me. Me three. This over and over and over for uh, just a blip of dialogue. In fact, the fact that you can run it once and get the story from the previous weeks, I'm just right. going to season and do that. I mean, that to me, telling your story from a repetitive mission over and over is lazy narrative, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, can we not get a story mission or something? Uh, that, that's going to feed you for, I get it, but you know, they've done this since Forsaken. They did the same thing with the dialogue from Marasov where you completed the weekly bounty, got the tribute or whatever it was you had to right. give uh, to access the throne room. And it just kind of trickled you along. I think it was for like 15 weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, another and from a pragmatist point of view, if we're talking about things I don't like, is you mentioned the ease of getting weapons, okay? And that's very true. Um, and everyone knows about probably, or maybe knows about it late, uh, the, uh, what was it, the forge farm? Right. So where uh, people are getting like a mountain of Ingrams or whatever. So um i guess the point of it is it is so easy to get the weapons you want that 
I've pretty much gotten all of the weapons that I want from it and Harlan and just barely finished the season pass. So for a pragmatist point of view, and a lot of the weapons are repeats. So, you know, you're talking about gnawing hunger. It's a phenomenal gun, right? But it feels a little bit odd just getting an updated version, like, okay, this one's gonna last me another three months or not three months, another nine months. So here we go, you know, let me get this updated version of Nightwatch. I already had one, you know, a ton of them on my vault. Upgraded version of Gnawing Hunger. I had all the rolls I wanted of that. You know, all these upgraded rolls. And for guns that, I can see it being that way for guns you don't already have and you don't have all the rolls on, but it's a little bit cheap feeling to be like, okay, now I just need to get this updated so it lasts another three seasons, you know, four seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. That feels kind of like, uh, okay, why don't we just instead bring back guns that we had before but didn't have maybe the rules, you know, we wanted. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, so you at least you have like a new experience. Same, same guns, but, you know, you have new roles versus, okay, uh, I've already had these. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been earning them for like forever now and I farmed them and, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, farming in various places to get them. And now it's like, okay, I guess I want to keep them another four months. So, or another, uh, you know, another year. So I don't know what you guys think about that. You're talking about bringing forward, like gnawing hunger coming from a previous season, coming forward with new roles on it. No, it has the same roles. Um, same with Nightwatch, you know, it's just like you're, Basically, you're reacquiring the same guns so they don't expire. Well, the, I guess the comment I'll make on that, and I'll open it up to Eric, because I know we, we've been talking a lot, not letting Eric get a word in edgewise. Right. Uh, I was working on my quiz. You know, <laughs> He's I, making progress. I really don't mind it for the simple fact that I haven't used Gnaw and Hunger since it came out in uh, Season of the Drifter, because I'm content with playing the same content, use the same gear for about three months, and then, you know, shredding it and get something new. I'm, I'm fine with that because it's still new enough to me. Uh, I really, other than the fact of, like, Reckless and Mountaintop and Anarchy, I really haven't rocked anything, you know, a long period of time. It always seems like something new comes along, and that kind of shakes it up. You know, for now, you know, a few, well, a few seasons. Well, i tell you why, why that is. It's the artifact. Because a lot of the content I play requires mods with the artifact requiring certain mods on set weapons. You know, with Season of the Undying, you had you know, right. hand cannons, Unstoppable Pulse, and, you know, a few other things. And it was, it was fine. But the next season, they forced us to use sidearms and SMGs. And we're like, what have you done? Right. Why are you doing this to us? Because you didn't have a long-range weapon. Yeah. One of those seasons. Because when we did the Grandmasters, it was rough. Because yep. you didn't had nothing with distance it was it was uh that's what made it challenging but what, what do you think eric um uh, what do you not like about the season of arrivals what i don't like uh i mean i to me i, I love the whole little storyline they had going on i think they should have uh kind of spaced it out more because if, if, if you did it like the four weeks in a row, then and that that was it for the story. And I think that story has so much depth to it that it could have taken their time, you know, spacing it out. Um, the un the thing that has bothered me about Destiny for multiple seasons is the nonsense grinding. 
uh the the part that you i mean like you said before you got to do this this one quest of uh, repetitively to get to the story mission uh and they force you to do it i think that's the one thing i i've always hated um and pertains to that but i don't know it's just for me i'm a power guy and but if i want to get power i want it for a reason and I think this time when I went to go get power and there, and there was no reason behind it, that just kind of just killed all the air out of me. And I was just like, well, there's, there's really no point in doing it. Uh, me getting to, you know, match power and, you know, this it does no good. And comes next season or next uh, to Beyond Light, someone who hasn't been playing in eight months can catch up to me in two weeks. So it's like, if, if we're going to do it, if you're going to uh, cringe my thoughts when it comes to power, give me something besides Conqueror title or uh, Grandmaster of Nightfalls. Give me something to go after that, you know, you know, feeds into my supremeness, if I can come up, if I can say that kind of word. But, you know, if, if, I, if I'm reaching, trying to reach that max light, that max level, you know, create like a prestige raid, something that gives me some kind of unique reward that says, okay, hey, yeah, this guy has done something, you know, apart from everything else. That's kind of what I, I, I want. I wish they would have done um, with this. Um, I don't know, but I'm, but I'm. It also depends on who you play with and what they're chasing. And the reason why I say that is because Destiny shines when you play with other people. It's a social game. It's always shine. We talked about that when we started this podcast. Yeah. And how we like enjoy fellowship one another. If the group you're playing with is chasing those things, then that's that's fun because that's what you're after, you know. Me and Robert and Matt chase Grandmaster Nightfalls for the or for the uh, title, but you know I didn't think nothing about it because we enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. But if those you're playing with are like, eh, you know, it's it's no good. But that's been a challenge for me trying to get some of these titles now this season. Nobody in our group really, really, really wants to go for them. So, like you said, you hit max power. Your power fantasy is filled. There's no challenging content that actually interests you because you can get the loot from a normal version of the encounter. Right. So what's the point? You know, there's no hard mode raid where there is better gear. You know, in Destiny 1, you had hard mode raid. You did hard mode to get certain gear. Yeah. yeah. And you completed it. You got it. Now you do those type of activities for a title. To me, I'm fine with that. I'll go for that for the title. I'm good with that. But others like yourself, you're not. Because you no. want something that's either you can see it, it's fashion, it's an ornament, or you want gear or loot. Uh, yeah. If see, and I, I, I'm in the same, you know, again, it's it's a lot about the preference, you know. It's, um, like you said, you're interested in the title. I, I'm, I'm a little bit with, um, more with Eric, like having something tangible, I should say, you know, virtually tangible. <laughs> It would, uh, you know, something I could shoot stuff with or uh, blow something up with, you know, or, you know, gives me an edge. And um, I, I would just as he was talking, I was thinking, you know, if they had maybe brought back, you know, like the, uh, the, the um, strike weapons, but made them added new perks, you know, for like the Grandmaster or something, um, you know, that might really push people to go, okay, you know, that would definitely push me to go, okay, you know, I want that um that new uh or that uh legendary or that strike legendary you know an upgraded version you know that they had the new perks and 
and you had a little bit of different design or something. Yeah. But. Which brings to my, I mean, that brought to my memories back in D1 raids when they had raid weapons that was for that particular, or, you know, you had certain for that particular kind of raid. Like when you did um, uh, Wrath of Machine, that you get a raid weapon that helped you with the falling, that only that uh, you can get right. from that. So if you had something like that, say Chronos, um, yeah, Chronos Hounds or Garden Salvation, you know, that helped you with the vets, you know, of course, yeah, you're going to keep going after because you want that particular kind of weapon. Um, right. So that's what well, that they could be. They have, in all actuality. So Last Wish had taken mods, had a taken weapon spec, taken bear, taken armaments, and taken repurposing, which made, right. makes it extremely easy once you have those mods because you get the defense buff, you get a weapon buff. Uh, now, in Crown of Sorrows, you actually, that's where you're supposed to get the hive mods. They actually drop in, you know, Nausea as well, but that's where you get hive armaments, hive repurposing, yeah. hive barrier. Same thing for Scourge of the Past. You get fallen repurposing, fallen mods, and they only slot in those armors from those, those raids um, or from the season. <clears throat> at that time, now we can actually, it's kind of retro back. Now we can put it into the season of Undying at armor and season of the dawn of, no season of the dying you can put in the uh, season of opulence mods but that wasn't the case with garden salvation the only thing you got there was the uh, the relay mods yeah you know, stand near this thing you get uh, you know a buff on the boss yeah they, which is interesting they didn't have anything for vex yeah i'm not sure why they didn't do a vex mod I, you know the one thing i've always liked about the, the raids you know always people talk about d1 raids and how good they were but if you look at them in, in light of D2 raids, to me, they seem very simplistic. Uh, they're not that mechanic heavy. You know, if they bring back uh, Baltic Glass, which I know they are, and they don't really tweak it much. They've, they've made mention about putting the champions in there. But if they really don't tweak the mechanics, you know, the final boss fight with Atheon is go through a portal, get, get a, a, a debuff or a buff, shoot oracles, come back out, stand in place, and shoot him. Well, I mean, that's, that's it, you know. You want to see mechanic heavy? Go do uh, Riven legitimately, or go do Crown of Sorrows. You know, but to me, the beauty of those raids is I absolutely love going into Crown of Sorrows with a top-notch raid team, taking somebody new in, and hammering it out, and just you know, you know, it's just like well, that was easy. You know, even though you've done it twenty times, it still feels absolutely amazing to just go in there, know what you're doing, hammer it out. And you'll blow somebody's mind that y'all got through that encounter. Spire boss mechanics are the worst. Yeah. Oh, don't even mix I hate spire balls. I hate spire raid. But I mean, do y'all do y'all like mastering a raid? Is that you like? I love it? mastering a raid. I don't like heavy mechanic kind of crap. I mean, you can keep that whole mechanic mentality you have going on right there. No, I do not <laughs> at all. <laughs> No, I Garden Salvation. Do you feel it's too? I don't. I think Garden Salvation was perfectly balanced. I really do think that was perfectly balanced. I I did like Garden a lot. Um, No, you know, and I I honestly don't like. I like the new system. Um, Honestly, I feel like if they were to change the getting the the uh, exotic at the end of raids to be start out of like two percent i would be fine with that like a one percent chance and then it increases over time i think that's a much better way of doing it you know maybe goes up 
a couple percentage points every time until you know that way you get to 20 20 runs you're pretty certain to have it but probably at least take you five or six you know what i mean yeah. but no I'm, I'm perfectly fine with and i'm fine with the way they did in garden of salvation too but um i don't know i i do think that they the reward structure is a little bit should be tweaked a little bit somehow um I'm not sure the exact answer. <laughs> well, you know, with the, with with the mechanics, I mean, it, it does it does make it <laughs> difficult to do a raid carry. You know, that's one thing I will say. In D one, I felt like you could take two, maybe one person in there that knew it, in and out, take four new guys and just or gals and just knock it out. I don't. Ever since Wrath of the Machine, it's been more mechanic heavy. Yeah. You Orcs really wasn't that bad. You go blow up four bombs, boom, you're done. You know, I felt like uh, Wrath of the Sheen having to do the uh, the empowerment, everybody knowing, you know, you're empowered, everybody kind of having that set responsibility. You really can't carry people through that. Everybody kind of has to pull their own. I guess that what I'm saying is mechanics make everybody pull their own weight. Yeah. It's not like Crota where we just need a sword bearer. And as long as that guy's know what he is doing, the rest right. of us keep rocking at it. I mean, it you know, it's you got to know what you're doing, especially right. in Sakaros. You have one guy in your team of two, and they mess up that deception kill or they mess up <laughs> crystal. It's done. I mean, there's no on that. I mean, I mean, you can have a little bit of uh, helpers that you know are paying. You know, you could probably semi carry one if everybody's really good because you just have to expect to have to go help, but. Even then, it starts to fall apart when you have someone that's really struggling. But you're right. That's probably the worst one to, to have a carry. I think um, Garden of Salvation, um, there's a couple spots you can have someone that's pretty weak, I think. Like, you can leave him to build or something like that. Yeah, you could, do, you could. You can make him be defender. I mean, honestly, up until the end of counter, you can carry somebody through that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. But, you know, you can't have more than, like, two, two that are kind of weaker on that one. So, it definitely, to me, that the mechanic heaviness kind of eliminates some of the people from raiding. Because not everybody can, you know, spend six hours in a raid beating their head up against the wall with a brand new group. You know. Right, right, that's true. What else about, uh, well, let's switch topics. We're, we're on our last point here. I think we've kind of beat that one to death. What are you guys looking forward most to in Beyond Light? New weapons, new abilities, uh, new stuff. Stasis, baby. That's what I'm looking forward to. Let's freeze some enemies. That's going to be absolutely amazing. I I've always wanted a new element ever since, you know, D1. We've had Void, Arc, Solar. Yeah. Really, really shake it up. I'm interested yeah. in the story, like Justin State, man. I'm just, they have excited me about Sabathun. Like, dude, like, okay, I'm some of this. Beyond Light can be good. It can get away with Beyond Light being good. I mean, it ain't got to be great. It ain't got to be fantastic. It could be good. The Witch Queen has to be perfection. <laughs> I mean, perfection. Because if you're going to pull out Sabathun, like, if you're going to build a story, Take the, that's one of the knocks I have against um, with this one. 
uh, this current season is they, they kind of just rushed the story when they could have just taken their time, played it out. You didn't have to just jump the rate in. You could have waited as long as you could, bring in um, St. 14 and, you know, went through that whole spiel. And also unlocking him, unlocked a, a raid boss or whatever, and bring on the ground of salvation. And it just played out, you know, simultaneously. So with Beyond Light, I think if you just, you know, kind of not say drag it out, but let it play out normally instead of just dumping like all this story mode and then you left with just in-game content and you just got to keep doing that stuff over and over again uh i'm ready for the i mean i like state i mean okay you know i i, I want to choose darkness you know you know that i just didn't want stacy i thought it was gonna be you know i choose that completely just go straight dark and just do, you know, kind of whatever. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm under undermining the hunter, you know, uh Stasis version. Maybe they'll be a lot cooler than what I think. Cause I'm thinking we got the short end of the stick of that deal. You feel like you throw you throw an ice pick and it's a tornado, but you see the Titan thing and he's freezing everything like from an 80 mile radius. Oh, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, she she definitely uh, her blade and it just eradicates everyone. I throw my ice pick and I got a tornado spinning and then it just disappears. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's, we'll that's how it's supposed to go, Eric. Oh, dear God. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be it'll be a really, really, really powerful ice pick. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to pick your battles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, goes. Uh, you know, in looking at the subclass videos that some of the streamers have put up, and even the, uh, the live streams that Bungie has done, I'm most excited about the Hunter. I think it is probably has the most potential to be overpowered. Uh, the Warlock looks pretty neat. You know, they they said they envision an Ice Gandalf. You know, and the Titan, I think, will come up a little short. It's so melee-based. I don't think it's going to be – it looks like, to me, a ice version of a Striker Titan. You know, you go around, you smash things, mm-hmm. and charge them. What yeah. I'm surprised about, honestly, is with dark, the, the darkness finally coming up and, and we are supposed to embrace the darkness, I've always envisioned that when we did a, adopt dark guardian powers, that it would be, you know, an elaboration on the void subclass. Because Void always seems to be contributed to the darkness, but in the Lord, Guardians are the only one that can create Void light or Void power. You know, the darkness mm-hmm. can't do that. It's yeah. something that only us as Guardians can do. So it's kind of interesting that, that that's what they chose was Ice. I kind of feel that it's going to be on storyline-wise, it's going to fall a little short. You know, because you really don't – I mean, it's a fallen elixir that's got a – piece of a pyramid that gives them darkness powers. I mean, it's, uh, what is it? Erismus, the ship stealer, or whatever the fallen's name is. It's a kill. Okay. You know, where's Savathun? Where's, uh, where's the worm gods of the, of the hive? Where is the veil that is the darkness? Yeah. Now, when that storyline hits, they better hit us with a nine-pound sledgehammer to the perfection. Point. That's got to be perfect. I mean, <laughs> we've been drumming this up for six years now, what the darkness is, what it's going to be. And I, I thought that's what would be in Beyond Light, but I guess that's what's going to come in Lightfall. 
is when the darkness is truly going to hit. Well, yeah, you know, and I, um, I'm kind of, I mean, with it being, I think with it being the end of the year, this is the big, supposedly the big drop. I, I do expect, yeah, this, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, we're hitting on the, uh, you know, the beginning of the year. This is when all the big things drop. Granted, it's not, you know, the three-year drop, but um, I'm expecting big stuff. So hopefully it'll be, it'll be pretty big. I hope it's not. Uh, you have a new subclass. It's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, think about taking King. That's when we got a first new true subclass. Right. And that really shook up the game. I mean, you, because if you go back to day one, your uh, Warlock had a Void and a Solar subclass. Your Titan had mm -hmm. a Void and a Arc subclass, and the Hunter had a Solar and an Arc. And you give each one of them all three, man, I, that shook it up a lot. Yeah, it's going to change a lot of stuff. And also, you know, having a new raid, I assume. Um, and I'm looking forward to that big time. Yeah, I see in the chat, Simon mentions the Deep Stone Crypt. The only thing about the Deep Stone Crypt, other than you know, I'm afraid they'll kind of just gloss over it, is unless they include it in the storyline of this season, it's always been in the back, in the back burner, in the lore, and you got to dig to find it. It's not what's in front of us storyline-wise is Eris Morn is here. She's always in front of us, and we always have these, these pyramid ships. I mean, if you – for goodness sakes, let me just go to the director here instead of showing my character. I mean, everyone wants to see your We're about to lose four planets, and here they all are. I mean, this is to me, if they don't address this and beyond light, I, I don't know what they're going to do story wise. Because, I mean, if you blow up four planets and the pyramids are here on our director, and this is what we're supposed to be doing, season unworthy had them on the screen in the, in the bunkers of, uh -huh. uh, of uh, Rasputin. And they supposedly not Rasputin offline. The only thing he's left is in that EXO that Anna Bray took. I mean, that to me is a very uh, loose narrative. But there's a lot of loose ends that they've got in the Destiny 2 storyline, so I don't know why I would be surprised. No. Uh -huh. We don't know anything about Shin Malfour. We don't know anything – or Malfour, however you say that. We don't know much about the stranger, what she's doing. Where's Marsov? I mean, you know, Savathun is coming in a future DLC. That's an un – unwrapped up storyline prince aldrin he better come back in this one i mean it's kind of been floating out there i mean he got resurrected we know he's a guardian you don't remember anything according to the lore he comes in remembering everything everybody's gonna be like what the heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe uh yeah yeah well i just have to see i mean there's there's a lot of unknowns so we're looking to but some, i'm excited the new enemies someone just brought that up that's something I'm excited about. Yeah, we, we, we're looking. So it doesn't really look like we have a new enemy species. It's just that there are new enemies within the species that exist. Right. Right. Yeah, kind, of kind of like the scorn. Enemies. Uh, I believe there's new Vex. Kind of like the tape. Yes. But I don't really think we're going to get anything new. The Bale's not here. It doesn't look like they're going to be part of it. No. Now, they better bring them in and be strong. You know, I yeah. would imagine they'll, when they finally do show up, there'll be something that actually will suppress our abilities. They'll be annoying to fight, you know. Yeah, you mean be able to just warn. everything. Yeah. Annoying in a different way than the scorn. Yeah, I've always envisioned when we finally do see the veil, a cool scene would be if, like, they had just some random warlock in a cutscene, like, plant a uh, 
well of radiance and plant his uh, dawn blade to protect himself, and the veil grab the grab the sword out of the well of radiance and just kill him with it. That would just be like you are not powerful, but we are, and we will kill you with your light. You know that would just. But you know we got a teen rated game that you got that kind of stuff's not gonna be in there, obviously. No, no. That's stuff no. we got to keep in mind, y'all. <laughs> Now we see the things that Danny is daydreaming about. <laughs> yeah, we see that, right? <laughs> well, my God. I, but I'm the dark one. <laughs> I try to compare this to other games when things are like yeah. utmost bleak. Your character, the storyline has been pushed to the brink. You're about to be, you know, extinct apparently toward the storyline if the darkness, you know, will have a second collapse. I mean, you, you have to have that kind of, um, you know, vivid imagery or shocking storyline for me. For to get my attention, I like that. You know that makes sure. my Hollywood in me. You know, watching movies. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm a. Uh, there's a lot, like you said. There's a lot of open story arcs, and um, they don't leave a lot hanging out. That's for sure. So, so we're wanting. We're excited about stasis. We're excited about storyline. Anyone excited about uh, the new? Yeah. The what? The new raid. Anyone excited about? Oh yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly like yeah. pinnacle. What's out there to me? Absolutely. You know, I, I feel like uh, it's going to be about. Supposedly the deep stone crypt. Thank you. Who now? Supposedly it's the deep stone crypt is where the raid's going to be. Okay. But I have no idea the context of that. That's just the community's thoughts right now. That's what it's going to be. My thoughts are is you know. Tonight, Simon. See you, Simon. My thoughts on the raids are year two, we got spoiled. We had Last Wish, Scourge of the Past, and we had uh, Crown of Sorrow. I yeah. love that. I loved getting that. You know, in year one, we had the, um, you know, the raid layers, but now when they lost Activision, they lost two studios, they lost Vicarious Visions, and they lost another one. Yeah. Uh, they just yeah. don't have manpower now to crank out that kind of content. And they have made, they've made that claim in their, they're twabs that they are not going to work their staff over time. They're going to keep that quality of life balance and they're not going to push them to do that kind of content output. So I guess get used to one. Well, and I guess, I mean, you know, I've always, I have uh, periodically taken cruisers, you know, taking basically let it crew go on cruise control for a little bit, you know, and, and uh, when content slows down, I mean, that's just, the nature of for me, you know, um, and so, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, you don't, don't need to play a game 24 seven, you know, I start to miss you guys and like, here we are. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I put in the chat, if anybody had Bring any, in. let's uh, we'll start taking them. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. You know I mean, like I said, when I hit my, um, waking the moment i just said man i just need a break i just got burnt out i mean yeah it was so much of i'm gonna say so much of, i take it back it was trying to get people done with stuff and you know i had my own little thing going on trying to get my stuff done i just got completely burnt i said i just need to take a step away and you know like i say put it in cruise control and i think that's what kind of did it for me <laughs> when i was power grinding you know it was just nonstop power grind. I didn't put it in yeah. cruise control and it kind of just, you know, just hit me straight burnt mode. Uh, so I stepped away from the game. 
oh God, about two or three weeks. I mean, I got done with Red Dead Redemption 2 finally, beat God of War. So um, I said, well, I might want to take, you know, ease my way back into Destiny so I don't completely lose my gaming mode, you know, <laughs> altogether. But uh, I think this, that's, what I'm, that's what I mean when I say they can kind of drag it out. Don't, don't dump it all at once. You know, yeah. I know people are going to be wanting something good in the beginning and you kind of want to feed your community, but doing so creates that whole burnt out thing again. So now you face with another uh, September deadline. And like you like Danny said, if you don't have the studio power to pull that off, you know, they're going to be non-existent again. You know, so you just get uh, a measly raid, one measly raid. Uh, but like I said, beyond light, you know, it's going to be what it is. And, you know, I'm not getting to my hopes up to about it. But I am with the Witch Queen. So if it takes bombing on Beyond Light for for seven them to be fantastic, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll have you. You get no complaints from me. But if they mess up the Sabathon storyline, which is like, if that's where we're going, if we're going with the darkness, you got to keep that in the midst. And if that's leading to Sabathon, then keep it there. Don't switch it, and we're going way over left field somewhere. And now we got a whole nother storyline. <laughs> No one knows what's going on. Sure. You know, I, I don't think that's the route they're going. Right now, it's it's Sabathun is blocking the Guardians from actually commuting with the darkness, from talking to that. This, uh, you know, this, the, the seed of Silver Wings is in the background here on Humble, Humble Focusing, is they are trying to communicate through that with us, it seems, when we do visit Eris Morn, but she's what's blocking us. That's why we keep having to go to the Ascendant Realm and kill the seventh things witness that way we remove her influence over what they're trying to tell us uh, i think the most interesting comment related to that that storyline wise it, to me i think i can't remember if it was zavala i think that made the comment in one of the, the cutscenes that said that it was good that the darkness is kind of dipping their toe in the waters with the guardians they're they're taking a very slow approach to us because they don't know us yeah, understand us. What they then the comment he makes is he said it's it, the reason why that's good is it means that they can't other, come in here and utterly wipe out the traveler and the guardians because they don't know if they're powerful enough to do it. That's why they're taking the slow approach to kind of figure out who we are, what we what we're capable of. I thought that was neat. You know, it was is the way they show this impending collapse. They just come in here, we're done. <laughs> right, right. You know, but now we got a chance, but. Hey, I'm going to open it up. If anybody's got questions, uh, please put them in the chat, put them in the, in the Facebook Live. It should feed through. Um, and then I guess if we don't get many, we will look at some we got plenty. God rolls that we are all chasing and just show them on the screen. Uh, so first question here, it looks like uh, the question was, what is her reason for blocking us? Is there a threat beyond what she knows about? And Justin's question is regarding Sabathun blocking us, commuting with the darkness. Uh, I believe that she is the way the, the lore or the way the end game um, dialogue reads is that she's <clears throat> blocking us to restrict us from attaining power, you know, commuting with the darkness and maybe I'm not saying getting dark powers, but now Sabathun also, the way she obtains her power is always knowing something that somebody else doesn't know. That's kind of her trait. 
is, you know, knowledge and not necessarily just raw power. Uh, I don't know, guys, you got any comments on that? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, what you said probably yeah. makes perfectly sense that she's trying to I mean, do that. Yeah, it's all, it's all, you know, guesswork, I think, at this point for me. I mean, uh, there's got to be some reason, but it's just, it's unknown at this point. Um, whether she's a, what her end game is, you know. The best response I could give to that is, uh, my name is Bife, did a video on the <laughs> between Nocris and Sabathun. And Sabathun mentions, or in the video, he mentions that Sabathun learned about the taking and how to do the taking from the taken Vex mind that he actually gave her as a as sort of a gift. Uh, she learned how to do the, you know, create the throne world, obviously, from the hive. I mean, the hive guys they've got. So, you know, she's always learning new tricks from interacting with, with someone else, you know, observing orcs and what he's done and now has the taken powers. You know, she's learned from uh, watching Marisol with the Ankara. They are, you know, they took over the Dreaming City with the curse. And now, you know, she she interacted with Nocris to learn how he overcame, uh, I can't remember if it's because how he overcame death or his resurrection ability, whatever it was, it was something he was able to do that she wanted to kind of take and run with it. Uh, and I think that that's probably what she's trying to do is learn something from the darkness or the veil that she can use against us and prevent us from being able to uh, or maybe even create a, a defense against it before you know, she could do that. Anyway, it's one way to harm us. Anyway, next question is, what do you guys currently think about current PvP game changes, and what do you think needs to change for the future of PvP game types, different modes, sandbox, team sizes? Um, go ahead. I was just going to say it, it needs something new. I mean, I feel like PvP gets uh, left behind a lot in Destiny 2. You know, they did get trials. Uh, trials on PC is, you know, uh, swamped with cheaters and it kind of ruins the game mode. To me, it needs to be, it needs to encourage people to get in there and be cannon fodder for folks so people will actually play it. Uh, but they need to be rewarded for being cannon fodder. And they've done that with the trials, Ingram. They've done it with the bounties. I do think it needs different modes. And a lot of the modes that we have now are brought over from V1. I do think they, here's the problem with Bungie, in, in my opinion, with Destiny, is they'll make a drastic change that moves them so far back. You know, the comment has been, if Destiny 2 had picked up where Destiny 1 left off, we would be further down the road. You know, they started with double primaries, putting shotguns in the heavy, putting snipers in the heavy, fusion rifles. I mean, I remember playing Destiny 2 when we first started. I was like, this is, this is awful. I mean, it, it just made the game harder than it should have been. It wasn't as fun. And it feels like they did that with PvP, too. They did the four-person encounters. All the maps are four-person encounters for the most part. Then they put back in six-man activities, but you've got only short maps, so it's, you know, it was really, really like it just didn't fit. But I honestly think they need to do something to really spice up uh, PvP because there's a lot of people in the Destiny community. That's where they go. You know, Destiny PvP is very unique if you think about it. If you watch a lot of streaming, you know, the time to kill is a lot slower than, like, Call of Duty. It's a lot slower than it is in, like, Counter-Strike or any of those other uh, first-person shooters that have tournaments and are really high on the Twitch list. 
So it attracts people. It's an easier PVP mode in comparison to those. Those, in my opinion, in my opinion, take skill. I mean, you ever watch somebody play Counter Strike Modern Warfare, the newest one? Oh my gosh, I don't know how they remember how to play that with the amount of uh, you know the menus, the looting to get the get the the stuff to survive. It, you know, Fortnite type things. I mean, how do you attract that type of player to come to Destiny PVP? I don't think you do. Um, that's just my opinion, Joey. Um, yeah, and I think uh, one thing that I think would help a lot is also uh, with the Iron Banner. Uh, they are introducing a single-player Iron Banner. So, not a single player, but where it's a single, you know, it's a single, uh, you can't, it's basically, you can't join in with the team, basically. So, you don't have these um, LFD team groups, you know, where, all right, you know, got to be a, you know, 3.5 KD and we're going to iron banner and <laughs> right. people down, you know? So, uh, I think, I think that'd be, you know, something, but I agree. I mean, I think they did re- get rid of a lot of diversity with, uh, destiny two. Um, and I know what they were going for. They're going for, you know, trying to get, uh, more team strategy where you have to team shoot and work together more. Um, but, you know, people want that, you know, a little bit quicker kill time and that one-man warrior kind of thing or lone wolf. Uh, well, to me, it's experience. It's, it's uh, shotguns are always king. If you're good with a shotgun, you can wipe the team, other than maybe a good sniper on the other team. Uh, you know, they really haven't changed it much. Even since D1, if you were a good shotgun or shotgun ape is what they say, and, you know, in, in, on forums and stuff, if you can do that, I mean, you got to – you're good, especially if you're yeah. a hunter. Have that vertical game with the jumps. Yeah, it's really hard to overcome that. Although um, Bastion's pretty sweet. That's a good gun. That's a good gun. I can't use that gun in PvP. Really? You got, I cannot. You don't aim with it. Just uh, you got to. Uh, I should say, um, yeah, don't. Don't zoom in with it. That's the key with that gun. Yeah, you can kill from surprising distances with uh, just not zooming in. It's pretty accurate. Any other questions from everybody? I think we've kind of covered everything. I guess before we go, because one of the comments that was asked of us in prepping for this was recap God rolls. I'm just going to do that real quick and you guys comment on that. We kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, I guess what we'll, here's what I want to do before we end is let's talk about things that you need before it's gone, I guess, before the season. Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave raid stuff out because that requires a team. Let's talk about stuff that you can just kind of do casually. Yeah. I, I the only thing I, w- I would mention with that is um, yeah, that's fine. We can do that another time. But. Talking about like anarchy, Tarada, that kind of stuff. Um, well, anarchy. Is anarchy going away? Scourge the Anar- What's that? Scourge the pass rate is going away. Oh, that's yeah. right. Anarchy would be top on my list to get. I'd say raid-wise, go for anarchy if you do want to bring that up. Anarchy, farm that, and 1,000 voices. The 1,000 voices you can live without. Uh, yeah. I would not worry about any of the exotic catalysts, even Legend of Accurates, even though it gives you seven shots. 
you can actually shoot and reload cancel just as quick as you can with having the catalyst. It just, yeah. As far as on the screen, I guess pay attention uh, to the weapons from the prismatic caster. I would get you a really good temptations hook. Me personally, I'd go for the Vorpal weapon with uh, Relentless Strike, I believe is the role I've got that I like. Uh, really and truly, level up your season pass. Make sure you grab a really good roll of Cold Denial uh, and Falling Guillotine. Falling Guillotine is probably going to be the most important one from the uh, season pass. Uh, Relentless yeah. Strike's Whirlwind Blade is really good on that. Uh, I would say that um, – now, I would say Cold Denial um... – because of its great zoom factor, it if you're into PvP, definitely get a good roll of cold denial. Um, because uh, like a good combination, like uh, I would say, killing wind, head seeker, or multi kill clip. Um, there's some people really doing work with that gun. So this right here, um, I agree. the The war mine guns are good. I think the war mine build there. valid in Beyond Light. Uh, I actually, this is my role on 7th Sarah Shotgun. It's really good in PvP, even though it is a uh, lightweight frame. You can still move faster. Um, Accurized rounds are good. I don't have a really good barrel perk. Anything that gives you range. Snapshot and quick draw is really good because it can, you know, you can aim down sight so fast. Trench barrel is good for PvE. Uh, another one is this. Uh, that one is yeah. not too shabby. The 7th Seraph BY7. It's a submachine gun because it can spawn the Warmind uh, cells, the the Dawn folks, Dumbbell Ingram. Some people really like the Breach Light Sidearm. I'm out on it. I'm not really too worried about it because it does come in at 1260. I mean, it's going to be replaced pretty quick. The Martyr's Retribution, that's the Wave uh, grenade launcher that does the flames on the ground. You can have some interesting builds with that. I would spend some time to get a um, – not really interested in that one, this one. This is probably going to be the one. The uh, uh, Where is the one? There it is. I'm sorry. Gnawing Hunger. Make sure you get a really good Gnawing Hunger. Probably yeah. looking for something with a stability like Zen Moment. Tap the trigger. Uh, we're also looking for, you know, stabilized uh, stability. Masterwork would be great. Uh, here's I one. think Gnawing, Gnawing Hunger, I would definitely um, – if you're going PvP, uh, you got – what you've got there is good, I would say, for PvP, but um, – for PVE, I would definitely go. There are so many good options: subsistence, overflow, feeding frenzy, plus rampage or swashbuckler. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think my role on that for this guy is uh, tap the trigger and rampage, which I really like this role because I'm a big fan of rampage. I don't have to think, I don't have to reload. I just shoot, kill stuff. It gives me. <laughs> but you know, if I if I did have to uh, redo, if I did have to get something on this, I would want arrowhead break would be my preferred mm -hmm. choice. Though chamber compensator helps with recoil, that helps with stability. Drop mag, tactical mag, no value there other than the you know the increased stability if I wanted to put on the tactical mag. Yeah. Really, really looking for steady rounds, probably there, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, and then. Uh, I would go with, for me, it would be subsistence. Subsistence, if I was going PV um, on that one. Or, I mean, uh, can that get overflow? I don't remember. Uh, no. No. Uh, here's another one that's worth going for this season is the Icleos SMG. Some streamers will say this is the best SMG in the game. 
Uh, I do like this one. This one has uh, chamber compensator, steady rounds, threat detector, and surrounded. That's about, honestly, with the, with the perk pool that that one has, uh, it actually is pretty good. A uh, little bit of a damage buff, because with an SMG, you're pretty close, so getting surrounded procs not unheard of. Threat detector gives you that increased stability, uh, which is good for an SMG. Now, it's, uh, it's mash work, though. It's not stability, which it was, so it's not too bad. I'm sure there's others out there that people may like. That's been the one I have found I've enjoyed the most. Uh, a good Nations of Beasts is not bad. We've been farming that in Last Wish a little bit, doing the Morgan encounters to get one. Opening shot rampage, yeah. You know, if you get a dragonfly, it's not bad. I'm gonna go back to the Prismat recast. I think um, Outlaw Dragon Dragonfly is the uh, PVE best option on that one. I think that's curated role. And some people like the, for PvP, like the first and last out slug shotgun. I'm not good with them. I'm not good with chaperones, so I'm not going to give you any advice on that. Auto-loading holster is, is king on that guy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Smart. Go ahead. Sorry. Auto-loading holster is, uh, yeah, that'd be the way to go. And then a damage perk um, would be next in line. Oh, an interesting thing. If you are going to go with that, um, the uh, Whispering Slab, um, a really great combination there would be um, like Whispering Slab um, with the um, Sympathetic Arsenal um, is a really interesting role because uh, it can auto reload all your weapons with just one kill on an ad. So um, you could potentially, if you got something like, I mean, granted, if you have auto loading holster, you don't need to worry about that, but Say you're running like, uh, what's that new exotic five-shot shotgun um, that has all the DPS? Uh, uh, fourth Horseman. Fourth Horseman, yeah. You know, you run something like that, pop a headshot, you have all your ammo back, and unload, and then you're back at it. And, and as far as armor goes, you know, if you have a build that really is reliant on high intellect, high discipline, if you got a grenade build. You know, for me on a Voidwalker, you know, uh, this, me running, um, what's the name, Controverse Hold is going to be, a, 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 that's my that's my favorite build with them. Throw the grenade. You know, some people don't know that. We'll talk mods in the next podcast. We're going to run out of time. Um, you know, if it, if it hits an enemy, especially a boss, it'll actually proc twice and give you double back on that because it's been ticking the damage so long. That's that's a really good build in uh, Master Nightmare Hunts, Master Nightfalls, uh, you know, Grandmasters, Raids. It's really good. Uh, but then again, as far as uh, perks, not perks, armor stats, you know, really you want anything over 60 is pretty good. Uh, I've got a few here. That's not really a good one. I had one pulled up earlier, the 66. Oh, there it is. 66. So, you know, the it's not the best. High recovery, high intellect, good discipline. I'll keep that. Because if I masterwork that, I give a plus 12, so that puts me at 78 base stat. Throw on a mod, it puts me at 88. You know, anything over 80 is really good, yeah. in my opinion. Because yeah. you take the Dream Bane stuff that's masterwork, it's 62 masterwork. That means it's a 50 base stat. That's garbage. You know, of course, next season yeah. I'll shred this. I won't need it. But if you can go back and do the old raids or do some uh, – some pinnacles and get some good gear that's high light level. 
Uh, that one's a 57. Trying to find something. Well, like even Iron Banner. You know, I did some Iron Banner and got these Iron Fellowship degrees. 67. It's high resilience. I'd rather have it recovery. But Masterwork at 79. Add on a mod. I'm at an 89 stat armor. Anything, in my opinion, over 60 is probably worth keeping. Well, and if you uh, if you do use the uh, the uh, caster um, and empower your armor, I would use those mods. I mean, it's easy to get all this these resources. I would use those umbral ingrams and go for the stats you want to get, and it's pretty easy. I mean, it used to be used to I used to roll over and over and over trying to get a good recovery stat on my different armor, and I go right in there and select the stat you want to get, and boom, you know you're going to have something close to what you want um it's like easy as it gets they have made it very easy i would say you know to get that specific thing that you want so did you just grab high recovery i did just to see what it would throw out at me watch it it go to my postmaster i can't see it but clearly leave uh looks like it actually gave me homework so 60 that's actually not pretty good so, because I could throw that on, and here's the thing, and most people know this, but when you look at your, your subclass, uh, recovery for Warlock, it, it is actually tied to my class ability. The higher I can get that, mm-hmm. get my rift back. Of course, with the with Titan, it's barricade with, with the resilience, and dodge uh, is mobility. mobility. You can get a dodge down to nine seconds. That's, that's insane uh, in yeah. certain, certain encounters in the game, having that dodge that quick. But, you know, just focus on your builds, yeah. get good rolls. It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of resources. And for me, I mean, if you're looking for good survivability, you can't really beat recovery. I feel like that stat is really overweighted um, for some reason. Um, I mean, it makes sense. You start recovering faster. Yeah. And, um, enemies innately stop shooting you a little. They, they don't shoot quite as quickly or as accurately when you get to where you're almost dead. And um, if you have that high recovery, it's going to get you back in the game that much quicker. Plus, when you are recovering, your shield's going to come back that much faster. So, um, unfortunately, I think that impact, I mean, um, I should say uh, the other stats aren't weighted quite as well. And there's some people that have done some really good videos about that. Like, um, recovery is a stat that gets better and better the higher up on the the stat bar you go. Intellect is a stat where it kind of uh, up to like five is good, like 50 is good. And then you get diminished returns the higher you go. Um, And so there are some people that have done some really good charts that show you um, when the stat kind of peaks off. And there's uh, quite a few of them where like impact, I shouldn't say impact, I keep saying that. um, What is that first first stat the one resistant mobility mobility. mobility. resilience Resilience, that's it the resilience resilience is one of those stats that you know they done testing and it uh it has such a small return like as far as what you're going to survive um it really isn't worth going for unless you really want that quick barricade um that's my opinion, but there have been some people like that are that are pros, like in the um, uh, speed running circuit and stuff. And some of the stuff I looked at that they've done, they're all about they're all about re- resilience, having at least 
80 resilience. That's their goal or even higher. So if you're looking for max survivability and just being able to like steamroll content, then that that's one, one thing I look for. Yeah. I mean, as far as me, my hunter is probably the opposite of what most hunters are. I mean, I normally am like a tank hunter, like my mobility very rarely is it over 70. Uh, mostly it's, it's more like a balance, like a 60, 50, 50 or 60, 50, 60 or something like that. If I can get my, cause for me, I like to get myself in, tank, in danger too quickly. I mean, I like to rumble. So if I'm going to get in that kind of danger, I can't be in there with a soft hunter, you know, of course, <laughs> so I got to have resilience, but then again, I got to have recovery. Uh, so when I go in viz, I kind of, you know, if I get too hairy, I go in viz, stand in the corner with my, my, uh, my recovery kicks in. And like you said, I'm back in a fight. Uh, but I mean, I know hunters that, you know, that whole 80, 90 mobility. I mean, that's okay. That's good. But I really don't see a need to have high mobility in a raid. I mean, there's no really where to jump. There's nowhere to hide. You got to fight. So if I got to fight, I might want to, you know, have one of the best stuff. I mean, that's just, that's just me. Yeah. Um, Although I will say um, the same guy that did a lot of work on it, I forget who it was, did show that if you had, I think above a six, um, you had a very likelihood of being able to dodge fairly accurate enemies. Like uh, there's a certain point where mobility starts to give you odds of like when you're strafing, getting missed instead of hit. Does that make sense? It does. So that that is one characteristic. And I think it's about a six or seven, he said, where you could just kind of jump and move a lot more freely and you're less likely to get, significantly less likely to get tagged by enemies. Yeah, see, my mobility is at 60. And like in my, it's at a six, mobility tier six. And, yeah. you know, I'm at a 60. Now I got my recovery on 48. I'm at recovery 65. My resume. Yeah. It's 48 so really i can i can hang yeah. with the big boys or i can stand back and, and and scout so i mean it's really up to an individual's play style right that's why right. i always say i mean there is no one way to do anything this is probably one of the best things about destiny is really up to your play style um right. you know if no, i'm but if i'm warlock i just straight recover I'm no, you got the Fetty's way, otherwise you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well Or Jacob's way when he gets here. We'll get him on. We'll get him on and we'll talk mods next week. Well, the one mm. last question we had was what's the best way to get prisons for masterworking? I'll address this real quick. Uh the fastest way to get them is complete the court of heresy, get the masterwork gear. It's not going forward next yeah. season. So family get six per character. If you have a boss CP, complete that in 10 15 minutes, you can get at least 18 per week and probably less than an hour. Uh, then what I do is they only stack up to 50. You can't stack them in the vault. You can put them in the postmaster, but they could get pushed out. I actually, instead of farming grandmasters and get double rewards, I just buy my shards. You see, I'm maxed out on them. I use my prisms because they're cheap. I wait till Spider is selling Glimmer for shards, uh, and it's a you know, resource I have a lot of. I just go buy my Senate shards. I've got so many of them. And then just run the court of heresy and get some prisons. But, uh, well, guys, I enjoyed it. I had a lot yeah, of fun man. doing this. You know, yeah. we will 
maybe cut it a little shorter next time. Maybe get it a little. Yeah, bit right. Fine. Yeah, right. I, I uh, man, you guys, it's getting late your time, so we'll, you're not we'll cutting it short though. Not if and you bring in Jacob Whitfetty, you're not cutting it short. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll, we'll have to. Uh, put I've got I've got buzzers from games that we play at uh, with the kids. Oh, there you like, That's the way you know, to do it. You know, have a buzzer and turn them off. But uh, well, hey, thanks. I will be posting yeah. on. We will post a link in the chat. We'll probably do a private listing or whatever we decide to do, and we might try to do it again. We'll talk amongst ourselves, see how it goes. And, uh, Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for joining. Thanks us. everybody. Take it easy. Take care. God bless.